With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. Podcast brought to you by Outlet Pass and Sports Ethos. My name is Corey. Carissa is back. Bailey is here. Chris, I'll start with you. How are you? I'm here. That's that's the enthusiasm we expect whenever you're back (laughs) after a week off and 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 all of that fun stuff. So welcome, welcome back. Bailey, Bailey, how are you? Uh I'm I'm doing okay. It's Monday. We're here. It's Monday. So, making it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, that's all you can really ask for, right? Some amount of positivity. We got W games today, as I said, which is not a common thing for a Monday. So, um, we're going to get into last week, whenever uh, it was just me and Bailey, we talked about our reactions to the All-Star Reserve, or sorry, the All-Star Starters. Um, Today, we're we're recording this on Monday, but today is whenever the All-Star Reserves will be announced. We're going to make our final predictions for that. But first, we're going to talk about some of the news um, on the more negative side of things. Uh, today, was we, we got an update on Brittany Griner. None of it was good news. Uh, the trial starts on Friday, I believe, on July 1st. But then they confirmed that her detention has been extended for six months. I don't know how that works, first of all. If if there's going to be a trial on Friday, are they just confirming that the trial is going to take six months? Or I don't know how you can extend the detention if we know the trial is starting on, on Friday. I don't I'm not a legal expert in America, let alone in the uh kind of create your own justice system that is Russia, but I this is obviously bad news. Like I I was mildly optimistic when I saw the trial was going to be starting because at least then you're taking the step toward a resolution, but then you see the picture of her where she looked terrified and that broke my heart. And then the news that it's going to be six months. I just, this sucks. I, I there's no other way to put it. Bailey, what, what were your thoughts whenever you saw the news breaking as it went on today? Um, yeah, I was originally um, kind of like you. Um, it was very upsetting. Um, kind of scary at first, but then uh, TJ Quinn from ESPN put a thread out about it, and um, he said, this is what the experts and officials say you need to know. He says that this was absolutely expected. She'll almost certainly be convicted and sentenced, and it's all part of negotiation and kind of breaks down how Russia's history, um, they use these proceedings to give a legitimacy to these cases but it's all theater and experience shows that even if prosecutors present definitive proof that she tried to smuggle the hash into the country, they'll still want to cut a deal for her. So 
that is a little bit of positive news, but it's still overall like really overall, like you said, kind of negative. And we still haven't heard anyone, at least I have not seen anyone in the U.S. government, like in the forefront of it, make any type of statement on it, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, I feel like that's... I think that's more complicated than we're giving it credit for. And I agree with you that it is annoying and I would rather that they did. I also just assume that whenever it comes to geopolitical issues like this, it's not as like, we're all upset and we're not even, we're just fans, let alone her family and everything like that is upset because we look at this as a singular person issue. And unfortunately it, because it's unfortunate it's very unfortunate for her because she's caught in the crosshairs of it this is so much more than that she's just being used as a pawn in that you know what i mean and i'm I'm not saying that to dehumanize her in any way possible because like i said that this this is awful and this is not what i want but i don't think that i i don't i don't know if there's ever been a case like this so this like where it's this high profile of a political prisoner in terms of of the inter-country issue I don't know that they would, for anybody, they would. I, so I don't think it's just like they're not like taking the this, this situation seriously or they're not like doing everything they can to get her back. I just don't think they're going to go out in the public and, and, and play to it. While that hurts the people here who care about her, I think it's maybe I'm giving them too much of benefit of the doubt. And if, if you've followed me anywhere else, you know that this, this this last week, especially, but just overall has not been a banner week for my feelings towards our government. So I am not giving them any sort of bailout in that regard. But I also think that it is more complicated than she's over there wrongly. I think that this is a long game by Russia to kind of make something worse happen. But Carissa, we've been talking a lot. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I'm kind of where you're at as far as... I'm just kind of unsure what the play is as far as I'm not sure if it's just because she got stuck in the country that is Russia or if it is because she's a W player who's black and also queer. And would this happen if it was an NBA player? It just hasn't been a situation like it. So there's nothing to compare it to. And there's also like a lot of standstill and opinions and all of that. And until Bailey said his piece um, that came out on ESPN, I was in the same boat as you as far as I didn't understand the six months, but it it made more sense Mm -hmm. when she explained it. Yeah, I don't, none of the, like, even if, even if there is positive, I'm not going to be positive with any of it until she's back. And, and and I don't think that, to be fair, they could come out and like in, in a world where they have the trial on Friday say it's a one-day trial it's not but like I'm, I'm saying i'm speaking in extremes here even if they come out and say she's innocent i don't think they're going to give her back to us without some sort of other maneuvering because i just don't think that that's how we're, we're very used to at least in proclamation a justice system here that is innocent until proven guilty we can i mean we can talk for hours about how that's not necessarily how it's actually handled but overall like that's that's the basis of ours, whereas I don't believe that's the basis for theirs, which further complicates things. So that even if even if everything was being handled on the up and up, it was never going to be like it was not going to be handled the same way that we're used to seeing criminal proceedings here. So uh, at this point, I guess it's just keep reading your thoughts, keep keep speaking out, and uh, keep putting. Like uh, while I said that I, I think that they are handling it, and we're just not seeing it. Keep putting pressure on on public official on on the public officials, the government, because 
I mean, bring her home at this point. It's, it's been far too long and any minute longer is, is still far too long. So, um, yeah, there's no clean transition from that, but we also we're at WPAR. We're not going to talk about, we're not going to not talk about it, but, uh, to the other big news of last of over, over the, over the weekend, Tina Charles, uh, was her, <laughs> what was it? Her, she was contractually divorced from the Phoenix Mercury, which got a lot of people reacting to the term. This term is used every time. It's just the term that the W uses for buyout. It just, I mean, it is exactly what it says. It is their, their, their contract was ended. So, um, <laughs> weird. I, I, I thought I misread it at first. I, I like I'd been the, the night before it came out. I was I, Phoenix is one of the games that I was doing for the clip thread, and I was I was looking at. It, I was like, well, Tina Charles is scoring and being effective, but there is a disconnect here. And I thought it was just general Phoenix malaise. She's oh. gone. Yeah, <laughs> She's gone. Right. Um, right. And I don't Bailey. You've obviously been a fan longer than I. Can you remember a player who was? I mean, there's a chance Tina's named an, all, an all-star today uh, whenever this podcast drops. Can you remember a year where someone who's going to be named an all-star was waived mid-season or let go or, you know, something like this? I This is astounding. Um, I cannot off the top of my head, but I could probably look something up. It's weird it, though, right? But, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't want to say it's unprecedented because – it may very well have precedent, um, but I, off the top of my head, cannot recall an instance in which this has happened. Um, but I'm sure there are some W historians out there that can find one quicker than I could. Because I, in a smaller league and where the players that have always um, usually had higher levels of control than in other leagues, like I, I wouldn't doubt that it has happened before. I just don't know. I don't know when or where that was, but very strange, very strange situation. Yeah. I, I know that Chris, we've talked about her plenty because she's, she's one of the Huskies that you don't necessarily side with a lot. So that that's, that's part of why we bring her up. But uh, what were your thoughts as this was breaking? Well, it's just because like when I first started watching college basketball, she was, Toward the end of her oh, okay. career. Okay. Um, so I really didn't get to see her play much. But um, when it first broke, I was like, oh, no, nah, she wrong. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she she should have stuck, stuck it out. Blah, 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 like. But then, like, as I saw more opinions and thought about it, I was like, yeah, this team is a mess. I would have left, too. I just never seen, like, you see it in the NBA all the time, but I've never seen someone in the W ring chase. So it's it's just a little weird. And I don't know if she's actually ring chasing rather than just going to a situation who, to a team that can afford her. It just happens to be Seattle, who is now at the top of the league, pretty much, yeah. adding Tina. So I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's a business. You got to do whatever, you know, is best for you. And Phoenix is not it for anybody. <laughs> yeah, I think she was ring chasing before this stop. And that's not even necessarily just like the Seattle, right? I think that going to Washington last year, whenever they thought that Atlanta Deladon was going to be back and they thought they were going to have Alicia Clark was a, st- a stop that was ring chasing. And then going to Phoenix before we knew everything with BG when to a team that just came off the finals was ring chasing. And 
obviously those two things did not go in her favor. I don't think either are necessarily, I don't think last year was her fault in any way, shape or form. And I think that the the longer this Phoenix thing goes on, the more we see that even if she was one of the toxic components of what was going on there, I don't think she's the only one. I, I as you could see by, I mean, there was the Sophie Cunningham thing that got caught on camera with her uh, screaming F Tina Charles as the game ends, which is not exactly the best way to react, but also a lot of her teammates did not necessarily disagree with her, which some, if you're on Tina's side, you would say that's toxic. If you're on the Mercury side, you're saying, you know, we're a team and whoever wants to be here, that's who we want to have here. So I don't think we'll ever really know all of the full details. I just, I, I think that the longer this Mercury season goes on, the messier it gets and it's not just the bg stuff it's the i mean earlier this season what we've what we joke we seem to joke about every week it's becoming one of the running jokes of the season when skyler diggins smith was ill and now you have this and it's just it's very very strange in phoenix and it's tough for a first year head coach that this is what she's getting to work with but those are the cards you're dealt i i don't know i don't know uh so I don't really feel like there's anything to really add on Phoenix in this regard. What do you make of the fit in Seattle? I'll start with you, Carissa. Well, before um, we moved to Seattle, yeah, uh, the Phoenix coach, she was throwing some shots. She sure was. <laughs> Tina. Um, so, and it's not all on her. Like, it's your, it's your culture. As a first-year head coach, you have – you say what that culture is going to be. Yeah. So yeah. if it's a mess, and just forget the the BG situation. Like, you, you know, you have to continue to play. So whatever mess is going on, that's on you. So for her to throw shots like that in before the game or after the game, um, I wouldn't want to play for somebody like that. Well, yeah, moving on to Seattle. Um, she... I don't know who's uh that she would take Ezzy's spot, right? Well, yeah. So that's the other thing, right? Um, I think Tina Charles has been very effective on offense this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think she should start for the Seattle Storm, but I think she will, and I'm going to be annoyed. I don't think she should come in starting. But yeah. yeah, but I can see. Yeah, she can definitely be a starter, but. Seattle has been really good these last few games and for her to just come in and be like, I'm here. I'm a starter. I'm Tina Charles. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Cause I mean, Stewie's in the running for MVP and defensive player of the year. Like she's in, she's in the conversation for those awards. So Tina's not taking her spot. And I think, uh, I, I think as he's in the conversation for, most improved depoy i think she's uh, we'll talk about in a little bit but i think she's gonna be named an all-star i think she's been fantastic and i think that even more than that her emergence is part of why seattle has turned into a better team as the season has gone along so the last thing i'm going to do is cut into her minutes and limit that whenever you finally seem to have something clicking so like do i understand the desire to add a tina charles to your roster mid-season absolutely she's one of the best scores of all time she adds depth whenever you've been dealing with a bunch of issues with Mercedes Russell's health all year. I I just, unless you're going to start all three, which I don't think you're going to do that either. That would be some sort of enormous lineup that I can't even fathom, but 
I, I think that, like you said, maybe maybe as the season goes along, you, you can tinker with things, but I, I don't think that she should come in starting off rip. What do you think, Bailey? I don't. I I thought she was going to go to Seattle in the offseason. That was my prediction then. So I think it's kind of a weird look to kind of go now. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said earlier, I think they're, I think it was you that said it. It was either you or Chris, but like, they're the only ones that can afford her. Like, if you look, like, you see teams right now cutting people because they can't afford to even have 10 people on the roster. So to, to fit, because to, she's like, as I think it was Richard Cohen said that whenever, uh, you don't see buyouts in, in this, in this league unless somebody has the offer lined up. So right. it had right. to be somebody that could offer like at least commensurate value to like make up for the buyout. And there's no real teams with cap space. Yeah. And I, I feel like she's probably going to be on like a vet men or something. So like prorated. Yeah. Um, but to kind of get my overall thoughts on the, the whole thing while I'm here, I, it's not a good look for Tina in my opinion. Um, and obviously they're like, um, like they said, there's a lot of, Things beyond their control. I mean, BG being the most obvious one, but also injuries and uh, other things like that. But also, like, the chemistry just hasn't been right. Like, it just hasn't quite worked. Tina wanted more shots, more points, more usage, whatever. To me, for a player who has pretty much all but explicitly said she ring chasing, you kind of – if you want to get that ring, you had to put in a sacrifice for that and – kind of a tough look and then you know Richard Cohen pointed out over the last five years Tina Charles's team records are 6 and 12 12 and 20 0 and 0 because she didn't play 10 and 24 and 7 and 27 and if you put it in brackets of the game she actually played in it's 5 and 11 9 and 18 10 and 23 and 7 and 26 so that's not good. Yeah, obviously it doesn't all fall on her, um, but that's that's not a great look. And and I like Tina. I'm not trying to slander her or tear her down, but it sounds to me like maybe if she really wants to win, how she says she does, she may need a little bit of a um, somebody to check her, and not in a argumentative or disrespectful way like certain players in Phoenix may have, but, you know, someone like a Stewie or a Sue Bird who she may want to go play with that uh, can teach her how to win on that level because, you know, Tina has, like, the highest usage rating, one of the highest usage rating. I know it was the highest at one point in W history, and to go from that type of player to a, you know, you have to take a step back to try to win, it's, pretty difficult and so obviously I feel like it feels like there needs to be some adjusting on her end um we're looking from the outside in we're not quite plugged into that level but it to me it just seems uh like maybe she needs to do some self-reflection whenever she ends up wherever she's going to end up yeah, uh, to your point, she actually, this may come as a surprise to you, but if anyone who's played more than one game, she, or I'll do more than two because the two top usage rating players for the year have played one and two games respectively. Uh, Tina Charles ranks sixth in usage rate this year. So not even the highest on the on, on the Mercury, but still 
something that needs to kind of be adjusted as she goes into a situation with a lot more mouths to feed. Not that Phoenix didn't, but like for the way that things are clicking right now. So I do think an adjustment from both player and team is needed. And I agree with you. Like I, I, when I was taking her side in some of it, it was more just, I think that too many people were like the initial reaction I saw was to immediately just blame her completely. And I think that the blame probably has to be passed around. I, I, I think it's certainly on her because she doesn't seem willing to sacrifice, but also certainly on Phoenix because they seem like they are just the messiest team in the league right now. So it's a little bit of everything. I, I just, yeah, she deserves some of it. And I, I just don't know what to make of it. And I don't know that we will ever get a lot of the details because I, I just think we'll get veiled shots and, and, and jokes from, from Sophie Cunningham as she's walking off the court. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. The, the, the final question I have on, on this was, and, kind of just to get where you guys stand on it, because I, uh, immediately I saw a lot of people that are like quote unquote smart WNBA writers saying, does this make the Seattle storm the favorite to win the title now? I, I don't I'm, I, like, not that we're going to do it. Uh, I, I certainly not. I, I wish I could adjust my finals prediction because I think currently um, my prediction for the finals going into the season was um, LA and, uh, Phoenix so that doesn't look great so I would love to adjust mine but in terms of where I think stand things stand right now do either I'll start with you Bailey do you think that they necessarily even crack like your top two favorites right now no even if they had Tina I don't think they crack the top two um they are ahead of where I thought they were going to be yeah they have played some fantastic basketball and I'm going to take that away from them they will be adding a Hall of Fame reform MVP, et cetera, et cetera. But if they go, if they decide to, I mean, they haven't officially done this. Just yeah, yeah, she hasn't cleared waivers yet, so it's um, – But it's if tough. they do, I – Every time I doubt the storm, they show me otherwise. I got to give them their credit. But I do wonder, because I think so much of what that team does is predicated on – almost the opposite of what Tina Charles does. And so you mean I, team basketball. Well, I'm just thinking like the way they play defense and their offense, like just all the spacing and the mm-hmm. movement and the switching, like to me, it just is like all the opposite of what she does. And so I am curious to see how that fit works. If she goes there, um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say, they're obviously going to be a better team on paper, but on the court, I'm, it's going to be an interesting fit. But I, I think if any team can figure out, it's going to be Seattle. It's going to be, you know, just Noel Quinn and her excellence and Sue and Stewie and Ed, like they're going to figure it out if she goes there somehow, some way. And I think they'll also, like, like y'all said, if she doesn't start, so be it. She's going to deal with it or not come type that. I don't know. You know, there's so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know, but I, I, I think it doesn't really move them for me right now, maybe like a spot, but I'm I'm still higher on other teams. Yeah. Chris, I know that you're still going to have your sky at the top, but, but do, do they have, do the, the storm have a chance to get the two for you, or are they still like you like Bailey and I'll admit, like me, that you think that they they will be good, but not necessarily in that top tier. Yeah, I think they'll be good. Um, 
I'm kind of with Bailey. I don't know how it's going to work. I think, uh, like I said, Seattle has been always been pretty boring to me, but this year they've been running more. So they, they've like had more um, runouts and they seem to be playing a little faster sometimes. And just from what I saw in um, Tina with Phoenix, she gets tired quick. Mm-hmm. And so it, it will only work when they're running their sets. Um, but if they have a run out with like Gabby or real January, like Ezzy's going to come in really quick <laughs> because she can run. Yeah. That's like, that's been the benefit of, of Ezzy's emergence and Gabby Williams play over the last few weeks is that they have been getting out and in, in, in transition a little bit more. And I, I think that that just fits exactly what they're doing. So yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. Um, Okay, so then the last thing for this week, we did our all-star, our initial all-star picks a couple weeks ago, um, but just kind of wanted to give like final predictions, see if you guys have changed anything now that we know uh, the starters, if that's changed anything for who you think is going to make it or who you would want to make it or anything like that. Um, I'll start with mine. Minor, I actually have an article coming out this this podcast, the same day as this podcast, so it'll uh, I'll, I'll explain all my picks there, but I'll, I'll also kind of put them in here. Uh, for my guards, I have... Kelsey Mitchell, Skylar Diggins-Smith, and Courtney Vandersloot. For my front court, I have Alyssa Thomas, Alana Deladon, Derek Hamby, Emma Mieseman, and Ezzy Magbagor. And for my wild cards, I have Kalia Copper, Arika Gumbawale, Bree Jones, and Ryan Howard. So definitely a little bit different than where, where I was when when um I first would like I made my initial picks. Like not drastically different, but enough that things have changed. Um Tina would have been on there if she hadn't quit on her team or they'd quit on her. I don't, I don't know how to really represent it, but I think that's just for me. I can't, I can't, I, I can't without actually knowing if, if she did quit on them, I'm just going to err on the side of caution and be the one that doesn't have her on my ballot, but I totally understand if you do. Uh, Bailey, what, where, where have you changed much over the course of the, the last couple of weeks with, with where you stand at all star, you kind of about the same. Um, I think mine are all the same. I, look back at them and I'm trying to find my list just to make sure I don't misquote it, but I know I didn't make any changes to my list. I still had Ryan and uh, Kelsey, Skyler. The issue is I know you had to bump somebody because you didn't have Sue Bird on, so somebody you had as a starter had to get moved down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I had uh, I had Ryan in my starters. Mm, okay. Uh, I do remember that much. I'm trying to look back and find my list because I know I sent it to you, but yeah, I'm looking. Um, here we go. Here we go. I found it. Um, so yeah, looking at my starters. So yeah, I had Ryan as a starter, so I just move her back, and then Kelsey Plum and Kelsey Mitchell were swapped on mine. I have Jewel as a reserve. Candace was a starter over AT, so I'll have AT as a reserve. Uh, EDD, Bree Jones, and Hamby. And then my wild cards, I'm going to hold on to them as the same. I'm going to have Diamond, Skyler, Cloud, and Sloot. Yeah, I feel that. I don't, I don't mind that at all. Chris, have you have you changed much at all, or are you just kind of over the whole all-star? Because I know, like, I, I know I led the discussion with this, and I, like, I brought it up as a topic, but I'm also kind of over it as well so what are what are your thoughts on all-stars we get to finally getting the announcement um 
Nothing has really changed. I mean, I know why they put Sue in there. It's not like she's had like an all-star season. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Um, but no, nothing has changed for me. Like, there's no like sleepers that I would like slide in. We'll just see tomorrow if uh my people got in. Yeah, I like that. I like it. Yeah, I think it'll be like I'm like when I say I'm tired of them, I'm more just kind of like. I, I'm excited to see who it is. Like, I, I was really happy for the most part with the starters. Like, I like like I, like I said last week when we did the second pod, I was I was excited to see the first timers, and if there's any more of those, I'll be, I'll be happy to see that. Um, and actually, like I'm I'm actually excited for the game. I think that while it was cool last year that we got like Team USA versus Team, what did they call it? Team World or Team WNBA or whatever they called it, um, I'm kind of actually interested to get back to a, nor- a more normal all-star experience and kind of kind of go through that so um yeah definitely we'll see how how far off we were whenever they get the picks get announced later today but um yeah i think that does it for this week anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we get out of here for for this episode nobody does perfect perfect well that does it for for this edition of rebel edition uh we will catch you later in the week with another episode 